As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we take a look at weird and uh, almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be uh, tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again, or remembered for all of uh, human history. Uh, my name is Steve, mm. and I am one of the hosts, and with me is a guy who was cloned from pure grain alcohol. It's... <laughs> it is Yehel, or as I am going by now, a uh, summertime boss babe, Yehel. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. You got to tell me. My... You got to tell me what this boss is. This like a um, a song or something? Something you heard when you were clubbing last night? What's going on? You, have you never heard like that term, boss babe? Of I mean, I've heard of like a uh, boss, girl boss. I know girl boss. I've just never heard. Yeah, so it's kind of like the same thing. Uh -huh. It's just uh, worse and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, know I've been seeing it on Tinder a lot. Uh, and I've been uh, on Tinder. Tinder. Oh, I didn't know you were the Tinder type. Well, you know, I have to uh, get myself back out in the in the pool and uh, of dating. And uh, I do like going out, but uh, sometimes I I just want to judge people's appearances from the comfort of my own couch. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just sitting there, and you're like flipping by, and you're like, uh, no, no, maybe. Uh, message you later in your dreams. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, and like this girl doesn't look like she would appreciate Carnosaur. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have in the chat a uh, historic nerd. He said, "Summertime boss babe." Is that like white boy summer? Ah, sure. What is white? Uh, I'm I, learning so much today. I'm I'm so unhip. And uh, I, I think that's actually something that like some like awful rapper that's white mm -hmm. uh, said mm -hmm. without thinking it through. <laughs> uh, and uh, we also have uh, Pig Dan Twenty on Twitch. Uh, he said, "Sup, obscurians," as in, "What's up?" That I'm, I'm breaking out all the lingo for you, Steve, because I'm the hip and cool one. Now the boss. Babe. I think I understand what an obscurian is. He is like referring to us as that, and I have to say. That is like the best. I don't know why I never came up with that. Like I used to, yeah, it's good. I used to refer to our viewers slash listeners as uh, obscurinauts <laughs> at the very beginning, right? And uh, I mean, I guess it was so lame. I just sort of forgot about it. But obscurians, ooh, I really like the the cut of that jib. It sounds, uh, yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Hopefully we uh, we're gonna forget it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Steve, uh, today we are covering. Carnosaur, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm pretty excited about uh, discussing. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, Steve? I don't. You okay? I mean, I just. Uh, this is summertime. The summertime you held. <laughs> summertime. Just deal with it. Summertime brown boy. Is am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I can say it. Yeah. Well, as a as a Hispanic. Well, I mean, I'm just. You are being fired. I'm just taking it back. <laughs> You're just jumping right in, and I'm just like. <gasps> Hey, I know this is part of the hey. new Yehel, the new uh, part of the new me, the new Obscurian Yehel, uh, almost like a yeah. Centurion. You know the Centurions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the Centurions. We might have to go over that show someday. But yes, that, that, that was the cart. 
they had like the uh, the weird hologram 3D thing. I don't know what it's called, like on their chest. No, the no, no, no. Uh, the Centurions were the three dudes, the green one, the red one, and uh, the blue one. And, You're right. I'm thinking of the Visionaries. Yeah, hey, both are great. Both are great. Both, both got to be covered. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, no. But Steve, uh, why don't you ask me what my history is with Carnosaur? <laughs> what? Are you in a hurry today, buddy? Like, <laughs> yeah, let's wrap this you up. You got to get on. Uh, <laughs> I, I, got, I, got, I got profiles to swipe left. Yeah, now. that's what I was going to say. It's <laughs> like, huh, this, this woman cannot appreciate Baywatch nights. Hmm. Forget her. Uh, <laughs> you know what's funny is I was kind of seeing someone very briefly. Uh, actually, uh, re-seeing. You know her, <laughs> I think. You remember crazy-ass Rosalie, tall Rosalie? <laughs> yes. yes, I do. Somehow we started hanging out again, and she actually loved Baywatch Nights. But she's also a fucking maniac, <laughs> and I had to uh, cut that off because she would get drunk and start making all kinds of crazy, violent threats. Well, I'll assume so. she's not one of our listeners slash uh, viewers or an Obscurian. We'll say she's definitely not an Obscurian no, in no, that regard. No. But, uh, all right. A anyway, sorry. I I'm like trying to like get the show going, but I keep interrupting with uh, this is the, with my you love know, life. This is the gabbing part. But uh, yes, before we talk about Carnosaur, which might be the second greatest cloning dinosaur movie ever made, or maybe even the first, depending on who you ask. Uh, I would definitely like to remind uh, everyone uh, that we're now huge, I mean, freaking massive on TikTok. I mean, you just don't know how huge we are over there. It's like being big in Japan, you know? But we actually, I mean, it's we're getting a following there. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, just hoping that it'll, uh, you know, move the needle over here on YouTube a little bit. Uh, that'd be nice. But, uh, you know, I take what I can get. Um, and uh, and then, okay, yeah, so definitely check us out on TikTok. Basically, you can see a little, uh, you know, little smorgasbord, little little bits and pieces of, like, past. Little clips, little love nuggets, of, uh, obscure, obscure nuggets, I guess. <laughs> A uh, historic nerd said tighter knots. Oh, Tinder knots. Okay, I see what he's there saying. There you go. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, Tinder knot. Oh, yes. Uh, but so, yeah, go over to TikTok. Uh, there's uh, more like visuals and stuff than, of course, like YouTube will usually let us uh, use um, to go with whatever it is we're talking about. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and you can find us at Reptilian Media. Thank you. Thank you. That's why we pay you the big Obscura bucks. Uh, and uh, second, and this is most important, I would say, <laughs> maybe even more important than TikTok, believe it or not, is that this is the second to last day of the Escape to Earth uh, campaign on uh, Kickstarter. In case you don't know, Escape to Earth is uh, my comic that I wrote and then paid two guys to color and uh, draw. And uh, this is it. This is the end of the campaign. It ends uh, May 31st. We're like... 55% there, so, uh, you know, make sure you send it to your rich aunt or, or uncle. Uh, but I, I'm confident we're going to get there. And uh, so here, for possibly the last time on this show, is the Escape to Earth uh, trailer coming right at you now. I'm having a weird, weird day. The name's Adam. Where I'm from, I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. I ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, Zero Thief, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me 
for my blade. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man, I thought you were gonna die. Come loose, cut me loose, behind you. Whoa! Thought I was done for. It was gonna be a light snack for a snarling creature, but then she showed up, riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Escape 30 pages of insane dinosaur action that will leave you hungry for more. Issue 1, crowdfunding now. Written and created by Stephen Honeycutt. Art by Antonio Brandao. Colors by Bruno Ferlani. Jump on now before the whole human race is extinct. Download the digital preview today. All right. Um, yep, Yehel has uh, placed the, the link to the Kickstarter, and you can get a digital copy starting at just five bucks. But of course, the whole point of the campaign is to get the book printed because, come on, we all know that physical media is better than digital. I believe uh, wrestling with gaming will back me up there, huh? Huh? Indeed, indeed. I, I can't believe the, the awful things you were saying about two real geeks while you were muted. Uh, I, un, unbelievable, uh, uh, indefensible, the things you said. But uh, Oh, well, the world will never know. Um, but uh, welcome, uh, welcome to Real Geeks. Great to have you back. And uh, well, uh, so since Yehel is just chomping at the bit, pun intended, uh, to check out uh, Carnosaur, what say we just uh, dive right in? You ready? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to your feature presentation. All right. Uh, so, Yehel, what is your history, uh, if there is any at all, with uh, Carnosaur. <laughs> I had never seen it. I had heard of it. Mm. I remember, I feel like, did this like premiere originally on HBO or something? Because I feel like it was either played there a lot or maybe advertised for there. Uh, um, I read that it got a brief theatrical run as a lot of like Roger Corman stuff does. But uh, yeah, I mean, this was basically made for the. Yeah, was he like trying to make sure he was uh, eligible for an Oscar? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this was basically made for a the home video and probably yeah HBO or Cinemax uh, market, and that's where I know knew this um, before is uh, I would always see the like VHS at uh, Blockbuster or whatever non-Blockbuster mom and pop video store I was going to at the time. And I'm sure uh, maybe you felt the same way. I would go, oh, what a cool-looking dinosaur. But I've never heard of this before, so I'm probably not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I remember like seeing I, – I, I feel like I saw commercials for this or maybe just clips of it on TV or whatever. So I knew that <laughs> I knew the dinosaur was a little bit uh, sub-Jurassic Park level as far as the special effects. But uh, I've always wanted to watch it. I just kind of never got around to it because you know me. I like uh, terrible movies with 
bad effects mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, so yeah, but this ended up being a little bit more competent. I know, uh, right? I Especially expected. for uh, for a Roger Corman film. And uh, I mean, I guess why don't we talk about? Uh, well, first I'll ask you. This isn't our first encounter with uh, Roger Corman and his like tentacles of uh, businesses and whatnot. Uh, do you know what other Roger Corman uh, produced stuff we've already watched? I'll give you a hint. It was two TV movies. It was two TV movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, was X that X-Men show? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what else. Uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, shoot. Okay. All yeah. Right. So, yeah, that was like his, uh, the arm of his uh, TV. I guess it was a new world, I think. And, uh, yeah, and this is, I guess, the movie side at the time. And, uh, like, are you familiar with, uh, I mean, outside of the stuff we've already talked about, like, did you know about, like, Roger Corman growing up in the 90s I- or? No, and, and even now I don't know a lot about it. I recognize his name, though. Mm. Uh, when I saw it come up, I was like, oh. I recognize that name. I, I just thought I'd repeat myself, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've definitely heard the name. Um, I suspect that you have a torrid love affair with uh, Roger Corman here, the way you uh, you brought him, keep bringing him up. I wouldn't say it's a torrid love affair. How's your wife feel about he this? He is, uh, she's okay with it. I mean, basically, he's just <laughs> the founding father of B-movies, more or less, even before Troma. And... He uh, is also, he created Mockbusters before that was even a thing. And so basically, you know, you could consider Carnosaur to be like an asylum film only, you know, back in the 90s before the asylum was even a thing. But I will say most Roger Corman stuff, when you watch it back, it is way better than anything the asylum makes. Uh, I don't know about you, but I find most of those asylum films like a complete snooze fest where basically Roger Corman, his philosophy is we're going to film the explosions first, the action scenes first, and the nudity. And if we have time, then we'll have like some like... Then we'll have a story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And if you think about it, like that's how, I swear, that's how Michael Bay like makes most of his films. Like, uh, although of course their uh, budget is like, you know, 10 times the size of a Roger Corman film. Uh, But... uh, Let's see. Who do we have? Okay. Historic Nerd says he also made a spaceship that had a rack. Anybody would want to motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Two Real Geeks uh, here said cheesy B-horror movies are always the best uh, experience. Uh, I think you mean the best experience with horror. Uh, yeah. I, I Lately, I've been like watching all kinds of like terrible 80s B-horror movies on Tubi, mm-hmm. which is just like basically Tubi's horror. Actually, all of Tubi is basically... If you want to experience our show, things we haven't even thought of watching mm-hmm. yet, go go to Tubi. Everything's there. Yeah, and then suggest it to us. That way you can do our job for us. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I've actually been finding a lot of hidden gems on there, but uh, we'll have to save those for another time. So we will just uh, dive into uh, the horror that is Carnosaur. So basically... Carnosaur premiered May 21st, 1993 in the U.S. of A. It is uh, one hour and 23 minutes and is rated R. R. I don't know why I did that. And I don't know why you did that either. And, uh, yeah, nothing like some good elementary school humor to kick off like the rated R dinosaur movie we're about to watch or talk about. So uh, here's the synopsis. <clears throat> it's going to sound a little familiar at first. 
A genetically manipulated and very hungry dinosaur escapes from a bioengineering company and wreaks havoc on the local desert town. A security guard and a girl environmentalist try to stop both it and the company's doomsday bioweapon. Uh, so already off to a great start, I would say. Um, yeah. And, uh, okay, director, uh, starting right off the bat, it's, we have Adam Simon, and I guess he left off his third name, uh, Theodore. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, Jesus <laughs> I'm Christ. sorry, that's all I think. I gotta go, everybody. I apologize for the show's existence. Um, that's all I think about. I'll, like, I'll, I'll be sure to shoot Steve. <laughs> <laughs> like, he might as well have made that his stage name, you know, put a little hyphen between Adam. He could be Adam Simon, last name Theodore. Uh, but anyway... So not only is he the director, he's also credited as, uh, as the writer of Carnosaur here. He previously did a movie that I'm pretty sure I've seen that is actually pretty good called Brain Dead. And then um, what I'm pretty sure is a, a Skinamax softcore porn called Body Chemistry 2. And then uh, after Carnosaur, he only directed uh, like music videos and some uh, documentaries. But uh, these days he stays busy as a TV writer. He worked on Next, uh, Salem, and I thought uh, this was interesting. Next? The MTV dating show? Uh, no, it's a different show, uh, like a drama. Uh, well, we something. should cover Next, the MTV like bus dating show. That shit is hilarious. <laughs> All right, since our last foray into reality TV uh, <laughs> went so well. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but w are you familiar with uh, Valiant comic books? Did you ever read those back in the 90s? I mean, they're actually still around. Um, I remember them. I don't think I ever had any of their issues, but I mean, of course, I remember reading about them in Wizard and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, they uh, Vin Diesel was just, just played Bloodshot, which that movie did horribly and right. was horrible. Well, our buddy here, Adam Simon, is on pre-production for the Shadow Man movie, which is a valiant superhero. But, I mean, Bloodshot did so poorly, I can't imagine that it's going to take off or <laughs> do anything. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, we have credited as uh, for additional sequences a guy by the name of uh, Darren Maloney. Uh, he's only directed one other film. Once again, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a, a Skinamax softcore porn by the name of Andromenia, the Pleasure Planet. Uh, and uh, <laughs> other than that, all he does is location scouting. He still works yep. as a location scout. Um, and uh, moving on to the writers here, when I already said uh, Adam Simon, he, who's also the director. And uh, then we have credited uh, John uh, Bronson, who is the original writer of the Carnosaur novel. That's right. This, this was an actual book, just like uh, Michael Crichton's uh, Jurassic Park. Um, he, yeah, just like <laughs> Yeah. But, <laughs> hey, all right, this is a fun fact I was going to save till later. Um, Carnosaur... The book actually predates Jurassic Park by six years, so oh. they beat uh, they beat uh, Michael Crichton to the cloning dinosaur punch. Uh, this guy John Bronson or Brosnan, <laughs> we we always have a problem with that last name. Um, but uh, yeah, he wrote the book under the pseudonym Harry Michael Knight. And, uh, and yeah, like uh, Roger Corman's wife basically wrote up a contract on a cocktail napkin with him at like a bar or something. And the guy was uh, worried. He was worried that the uh, budget wasn't going to be enough to like have uh, uh -huh. some decent uh, dinosaur effects. 
And, uh, well, <laughs> wait, 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 I'm not done yet. But Roger Corman. I, I think he might have been onto something. But Roger Corman was like, oh, no, no, no. You write whatever you want, John Bronson, and we'll, we'll take care of it. And then, uh, so I guess he turned in a draft and then they hacked it up. And then Adam Simon Theodore came in and basically turned it into the Carnosaur movie that we know and possibly love. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there you go. Carnosaur beat Jurassic Park to the cloning dinosaur punch. Wow. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we do, we also have Smoke Monster here in the chat. He said, uh, I remember the box for this, but I never saw it. Uh, it is available on YouTube. I'm putting the link in the chat to the film. Uh, right now, uh, for those that have an hour and twenty-two minutes of their life that they, uh, you know, don't 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 want to have any meaning. Oh no, uh, <laughs> no, you don't mean that. Oh no, you no, don't. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying this movie's not going to enrich your life per se. Hey, hey it might. We'll see. We'll see. All right, and of course, we'll I've already. Uh, also, oh, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, sorry. There was another chat here. Uh, the chat's been hopping. I see that. Today. Yeah. Bang. Welcome uh, back, everyone. <laughs> Historic uh, Nerdstart, I mean, a lot of directors end their careers at softcore. Uh, <laughs> Two Real Geeks said, uh, it's just true. Everything comes from something else before it with the same idea. I believe in reference to uh, the uh, six year coming out six years before Jurassic mm -hmm. Park. And finally, <laughs> Smoke Wildstart said, this series of films has a cover problem. <laughs> yeah, the covers are to the, the boxes or something else. Yes, they um, are. And yeah. Uh, should I should I dive into the cast? Oh uh, yeah, well just w real quick. I mean, I already mentioned uh, Roger Corman. He is the guy who produced this under the New Horizons uh, Pictures uh, moniker, which I'm sure like is probably has like a offshore account in the Cayman Islands. But uh, uh, oh. they produced uh, Paraconda, Sharktopus, and Death Race 2050. All right. <laughs> so check out some more uh, of uh, Roger Corman stuff. Like the earlier stuff from the 80s is actually really good. Anyway, please enlighten us about the cast, you hell. So uh, starting off, I'm, I'm only going to list a few people because most of these people are, well, Steve, they're, <laughs> they're, they're not people who's even, even their own family doesn't even know what they're wow. up to. Uh, they're, uh, they, they're, they're, they're not names, <laughs> but we do have our star and uh, I guess most highly billed actor, uh, Diane, Diane Ladd. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. She gets first billing. <laughs> um, but uh, I think she's, you know what's funny is I did not like recognize her or anything, but I've heard the name before. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I was looking at her IMDb and I guess she was in Chinatown, which I've heard of that before. Ooh, but uh, she's like kept working, still busy to this day. Um, she's got some stuff that came out this year. She's been on some TV show called uh, Chesapeake Shores that I guess just ended last year. She had some stuff in pre-production, but she also recently did an episode of Young Sheldon. So go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you know about? Uh, I mean, I don't want to steal your thunder here, so I'll let you take it. Uh, I didn't know if you stumbled across this bit of trivia, the connection between. Diane Ladd and Jurassic Park, right? No, I, I did not. Uh, Please enlighten me. Her, her daughter is Laura Dern. Oh, okay. And uh, and then there's uh, another, you know, Clint Howard's niece, Bryce Dallas Howard, was in uh, one of the newer Jurassic Park sequels, like Jurassic World or something That's like right. that. So, yeah, there's a weird ancestral bond between Cardasaur and the Jurassic <laughs> Park properties. That's so weird. Continue. Um, well, 
Uh, moving along, we've got Raphael Sparge. I don't know how you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, he, his name is spelled like like that uh, mall pizza chain Sbarro, yeah, where it's yeah. like S B. Right, right. <laughs> so it's S B A R G. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce it. It makes me uncomfortable when I see names. <laughs> like that. Uh, anyways, he is still very very busy. Um, he plays. Uh, who did he play in the movie? Diane Ladd, by the way, I don't think I said who she plays. Doctor Jane Tiptree. She's the scientist that makes the virus. Mm-hmm. Slash brings back the dinosaurs. Uh, Raphael Sparge plays Doc Smith. Not an actual doctor. Doc is just his nickname. <laughs> there were a lot of doctors in this movie. A lot. Yeah. Then we've got uh, Harrison Page, who I really liked. He was like the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, sheriff Fowler. I don't know why. I just really liked him. He was him good. And his character. Uh, anyways, another guy. He's kept super, super busy. You probably won't recognize him from anything. Uh, I certainly didn't. Uh, he was apparently, though, in Quantum Leap. Oh, nice. Um, and Ultraman, uh, the ultimate hero. He was in a bunch of episodes of Ultraman. Wow, so, that's uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess maybe people know him as Sledgehammer. That was like the something that he was like super famous oh, for. Oh, do you remember that show? Vaguely. It's like vaguely. an over-the-top sort of naked gun kind of. Uh, we, need, right, we need to right. watch that. Um, but yeah, and that's really the, uh, and of course we've got Clint Howard. Yeah. I almost forgot. Uh, he's the only other one really worth mentioning. Clint Howard. I mean, famous character actor. You definitely recognize his mug brother of Ron Howard. Uh, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful men. They are the Howards. Yeah. 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 Uh, of course, uh, he was in, um, uh, something we covered already. Uh, Santa with muscles. Yeah. Uh, however, more importantly, he was in Star Trek, the original series as a child, and he was in Star Trek Discovery ah. uh, most recently in the first season, the season finale of that terrible Star Trek show. Oh, man. Are, are you ready for it? I'm ready. Hit All me. Right. Ah, oh, no. We've just entered another Star Trek connection. Ah. Ooh, it's good to have it back. <laughs> All right. Is that it for the cast then? Yeah, I, I think those are pretty much the the people worth mentioning. Um, there's a bunch of other people in the cast, but like I said, I mean they're not people anyone would know. So let's just demean their lives further by ignoring. Yeah, a bunch of nobodies. They probably live in the yeah. flyover as a, states, <laughs> as opposed to us. Right, right. I mean, you're in Florida and I'm in California. You can't get higher rollers than that. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you ready to uh, jump in to Carnosaur the movie <laughs> as opposed to do it. the kids' coloring book? Uh, all right. Yes, let's do all it. All right, so uh, yeah, right off the bat, I have, okay, the um, music starts. I'll say the music is pretty lame from the get go. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's probably canned. Like they pro- purchased it from, you know, some sort of a public domain or something. I mean, it's not, oh, yeah, it's yeah, not terrible, sure. but it's definitely not good. It's just there to serve its. It's uh, un- unmemorable. Yes, that's it. And uh, speaking of unmemorable, the Carnosaur logo, at least at the beginning, the one that flies up on the screen, is pff, total snoozeville. Even the font is like the most boring font you could possibly pick. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Roger. Like, you got to spend a little money yeah. on some fonts here. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it's like uh, like if you just stick to Arial, <laughs> you know, for your, <laughs> your Word documents or you something. You should have went with Comic Sans. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> But, but Comic Sans has a little personality to it, it's at true. least. It's true. Uh, Smoke Monster has said, so not quite John Williams? No. no. More no, like, like Larry Williams. Williams, his like brother who dropped yeah. out of uh, 
composer school. So uh, as our uh, credits are rolling, it is intercut with um, footage from like a com commercial livestock processing plants, you know, like uh, chickens in cages, cows, that sort of thing. So already they're, they're hammering down their, uh, their themes like pretty, pretty strong here from the get-go. And you will see as the movie continues that they actually do a pretty good job sticking with those themes. And then, um, then we are in a boardroom, uh, and a bald guy is uh, picking at a bug and talking about uh, the scientist. That scientist they are talking about is uh, Jane uh, Tiptree. I just called her Dr. Jane because I didn't feel like writing out, like, was it Tiptree or Triptree? I, I can't remember. I think it's T-I-P. Tree. Tip tree, yeah, it's yeah. Tip tree, I think. So, uh, I mean, I can tell you right now, it's, yeah, it's tip yeah. tree. So, yeah, this boardroom, it looks like a, I mean, it's a boardroom and an evil lad mixed together, or lab um, mixed together. Like, right off the bat, like, what were your thoughts of uh, seeing this boardroom? Um, very, very 90s vibe mm -hmm. from it. Uh, you know, like you said, it, it is like a weird match mashup of 90s evil guy boardroom. Uh, evil corporation boardroom and a lab science lab right uh so yeah it, it, it's definitely a unique aesthetic yeah it reminded me of like uh sort of like that lawnmower man aesthetic but uh without like the cinema without the cinematography i mean the, the cinematography is decent i mean it's definitely again not at like asylum level low but um right, right. yeah it, it gets the like, job I would done say this movie you know Special effects aside, it's competently shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's what sets it apart from like a lot of other stuff. But uh, moving on. Oh, another thing that I thought was weird is, sorry. So you got all these government types sitting around your typical uh, boardroom table. And there's just Coke cans everywhere for some reason. Yeah. Uh, they didn't bother blurring out the logo. You'd think like it was like... Uh, a, a commercial product placement yeah, or something. Yeah, and then there's but... even a vending machine later. So who knows? Maybe old uh, Crafty Corman, maybe he did work out a little something. Uh, but anyway, the evil businessmen say they uh, can't interfere with uh, Dr. Jane's uh, work without forfeiting their patents. Uh, so I guess that's basically their reason for allowing her to do basically whatever she wants. And now, yeah, they said that they can't, they have a contract with her where for 18, it was so weird because it says that they can't interfere with her work or I guess like ask her questions about <laughs> it. She has to be allowed to work uninterrupted, like unencumbered by no questions asked for 18 to 24 months. <laughs> I, I, I'm no lawyer, but I'm pretty sure you would need to like set a definitive period of time in the contract. When but. we sell out to Spotify, um, that's going to be my request. Those exact same ones. That, that they leave us alone for 18 to 24 yeah, months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then they can have our patents. Right, exactly. But I mean, I, I guess, I, I guess, like, whoever wrote this felt a need to explain. Because, like, really, why would anyone let this experiment go on if you know what it is? Right, right, exactly. it basically would result in the end of humanity. So I guess he felt the need to explain why the corporation that's giving her the money for it is letting it happen yeah hey they cared and there's nothing in it for them right and they bothered so uh good for them uh so now we are in the actual lab of uh of dr jane uh tip tree uh the scientists that they were speaking about she's watching the same chicken stock footage that we saw at the opening credits and uh now we cut to um two dudes driving a truck uh, they enter Dr. Jane's uh, chicken lab um, with the intent to catch something. 
we aren't really sure what it is at the moment, but you can tell because one of the guys is holding one of those like stick noose things, you know, that I, I guess like, uh, what are they called? Uh, animal control people use to catch like feral animals and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, as they're um, like, as the camera pans over all the chicken cages, it's, uh, it goes over a massive egg that one can assume is a dinosaur egg. It immediately hatches and something jumps up and scratches the guy's face. We don't get a very good uh, look at it, but what I thought was awesome here is that they do a POV of whatever it is. I'll give you a hint, it's a baby dino. Uh, poking its way through the egg and like lunging at the guy. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, just like stuff like that is what makes like Roger Corman films like really fun. Because, uh, you know, they, I never got to see a POV in Jurassic Park of like the little dinosaurs uh, popping through the eggs. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely cool. Right. Uh, anything else to add for that opening scene? Um, no, no, I, uh, I think that pretty much covers it. I will say, uh, for anyone that wants to watch this, they do show like chickens, like real chickens getting killed. Mm -hmm. Um, and these, in the old stock footage of, it's like from like a chicken processing plant or something, uh, which I, I caught me off guard and I'm not a squeamish person Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, but even I was like, "Ah, I don't really want to see, I I love chicken. I had three chicken breasts yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, so, but you know, just a, just a little warning for people that, uh, and, and you can, that opening scene is like, I don't know. It's like maybe a minute long. You 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 can skip it. It, it doesn't like take away anything from the movie. Yeah, watch it, I've so. seen uh, much worse. Um, when I went to go watch a uh, Morrissey in Singapore, <laughs> when they sing "Meat Is Murder," he actually projects that footage. Might even be the same footage onto the um, the screen behind him. I guess he's been doing it mm. since the '80s, and he still does it to his paying uh, fan base. Anyway, uh, so. Dr. Jane is watching all this uh, via security camera. She's watching it unfold. And then uh, we cut to uh, Clint Howard and his partner. Uh, they, or I don't think they're really partners. I thought they were at the get-go, but it turns out that they're not. They load some chickens into their truck. Uh, and uh, Clint says he's never seen so many nervous chickens before. <laughs> Which, how can you tell if chickens are nervous or not? I guess you have to work. I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I, I guess if you've been around them long enough, I guess you could. Tell. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I mean, chickens don't really have a personality. They're not like dogs. But uh, anyway, his partner, whose name is Merle, because, of course, uh, it has to be. Because <laughs> the guy just looks <laughs> like your typical redneck guy. Merle, uh, he tries to exit the compound. The, um, the leader, he says... Uh, um, or not the leader, the, the guy who's manning the, um, you know, the gate, he's like, oh, no one in or out. And, but Merle, he turns on that Merle charm. He's like, oh, come on, let me out. And the guy lets him. So, uh, yeah. and then, but he hears some like rustling in the back of his truck and he immediately pulls over to inspect the chickens. Uh, he's opened the gate and is, uh, brutally attacked by something. And I have to say right off the bat, I really sort of Doug, the uh, the death scene. Uh, there's a uh, plenty of blood splashing up uh, on the camera and in the uh, and on the uh, just everywhere. And then they, as they pan away, they they show the blood splattering on the mud flap of the guy's truck, which has one of those uh, you know sexy silhouettes of a woman on it. 
And mm-hmm. I don't really understand the visual metaphor or even if they were going for one, but it looks cool. <laughs> it looks cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just like, I guess you've, I've seen Jurassic Park so many times and I'm used to like the lack of blood. That seeing the blood in this film was like, it's refreshing, kind of refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks. It's good. Thanks it's good. for this, backing this movie me definitely, up. Definitely uh, has some nice uh, little gore. Mm-hmm. Cut to um, what's called the Night Watch trailer, and uh, a drunk guy watches surgery footage. Then he hears someone, and and the drunk guy it ends up being Doc, not an actual doctor, but a guy who just wants to be called Doc for some reason. I guess he was a fan of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I don't know. Uh, and, I guess. and goes he goes out to inspect. And he fires at them with a gun. Um, he gets inside like a, an excavator or, you know, some big uh, construction equipment, whatever it is, and realizes that someone has sabotaged it. Uh, he then gets into a dump truck and uh, starts it up. And then he hears a woman scream. Uh, he finds said woman hiding in the dump truck. He calls the cops. But they have their hands full investigating Merle's uh, murder, which, um, I mean, I thought that was a nice touch. I mean, they could have just been like, mm-hmm. nah, we've been out there today. We don't feel like uh, coming out. Um, so basically, the sheriff, I guess this is our first time seeing him, he says that uh, just have her wait there and we'll um, send someone out to get her. Um, anything else uh, significant about that scene? Um, I mean, no, no, I, th- I think I think that pretty much covers it. Like, there's not like a ton, ton happening yet, even though there's like it's like a lot of movement and location changing at the beginning. Right, and basically, what's going on here is that there's like this uh, group of um, hippies who I guess come out and they uh, sort of like sit on his uh, construction equipment. Like, it's his job. <laughs> he never has, like, a security uniform or anything, but it's his job to make sure they right. don't mess with um, whatever it is they're doing. I guess they're just... They never really explain exactly what they're building. or They're just clearing the land for some reason, and these hippies yeah. don't want them to do it. Uh, so moving on, uh, we are now at the Dr. Sterling Raven Clinic, which is an awesome name, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, yeah it's this cool. is like doctor two of our many doctors. Um, and he cuts into a corpse. He then calls the fishing and game department to tell them he's sending them a wound sample. And that's basically all that happens there. Uh, cut, cut back to Dr. Jane. She, uh, talks to a man on a screen. I mean, I really feel like they missed out at a chance here, uh, like in lawnmower man for, her to talk to someone, you know, a massive head like being projected on the wall, like in Lawnmower Man. Right, but, uh, right. Which was the style at the time. But, you know, Roger Corman, he knows where to save his money. Uh, so <laughs> he asks what to tell the men what they are searching for, um, because I guess they've, uh, what they're looking for this whole time is an escaped dinosaur. And so, again, they haven't told you anything in the movie about, about that. So, he asks what to tell the men what they're searching for, and she says they'll know it when they see it. Um, so uh, cut to the sheriff. He uh, shows up with um, a drunk doctor to the um, campground. Oh, yeah, that drunk doc. Just regular doc, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the campground to ID the woman he found in his equipment last night. And he doesn't ID her. What, is it because she's pretty? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So basically, he's like, she's hot. Yeah. So they they share a moment, and he's like, 
uh, no, she's not here. Yeah, yeah. He does it turn her in just so we can get some sweet activist action. Um, That's right. So uh, cut to another guy on a phone. His daughter sneaks out to go. I mean, I don't know if the technical term is uh, mudding since they're in a desert, but uh, they call it in Florida, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's what, it's what we do. I was doing some mudding uh, before I logged on, actually. <laughs> Have you ever actually gone mudding in your entire time living in Florida? Cause... Uh, Steve, this is this is summertime boss baby hell you're talking to, baby. <laughs> I, uh, mud Meridian. Mud, mud, uh, I've never been mudding. I could just see you again on Tinder. Hmm, I wonder if this girl could take me mudding. Uh, no, I've never. Dude, I mean, in, in Florida, there's a lot of them that are like, I love going mudding. You right. know, they're, they're scurians if you oh, will. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've never been mudding either. Um, so, uh, yeah. All right. Meanwhile, at, uh, at the docks uh, excavation site, the blonde lady comes by and thanks him for not turning her in. Um, I mean... Do you think that's enough motivation for her to, like, come back there? I mean, maybe not in real life, but I think in a movie it's okay. I don't know. What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I I mean, I, I guess, like, what other – how else are you going to get them right, together? Right. I mean, unless, is, unless – I guess they, they could have had Doc go back out to where the activists were at or whatever. But it was okay. I mean, you got to allow – you know, in a movie with – puppet dinosaurs it's the least of my concerns <laughs> that's a good point that is a good point uh and i mean i guess we could uh believe that she could possibly be attracted to him as well so she right. gives him a knot that represents the earth that's what she says she says her name is thrush no he says brush, brush? like like a brush a brush you paint with oh i thought this whole time i thought it was thrush uh i think thrush is yeah, better yeah. She actually said, <laughs> she says yeah yeah the guy's like brush because she's, she's like my name uh what did she say my name used to be anna but now it's brush right right uh so 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 uh she says that the docs air oh wait a minute i'm reading this no you're right it is thrush mm -hmm. i apologize <laughs> i just looked it up well, I guess I'm an idiot. Mm, yeah, you were never the same after you went mudding and hit your head on that Jeep. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she says the docks area used to be like they go outside his trailer and they're like showing the area where he lives. She says the area used to be a dinosaur migration, um, like a railroad like a route. Yeah, route. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. And um, he's like, eh, I don't care. This is just my job. And she's mad that he doesn't care, which I don't know is cool. It just shows how different they are, you know, the, the typical activist versus, I guess, the, you know, the guy who, the normal Joe who's just doing his job. Uh, definitely some uh, relatable stuff here, especially for the 90s, uh, you know, at the height mm -hmm. of Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Uh, meanwhile, the daughter from before, um, they stopped their Jeep. And there's like, basically it's her and two other guys. One dude goes out to uh, take a leak and immediately um, girl and other dudes start making out, um, which is also uh, just very typical of like Roger Corman uh, monster movies. And uh, of course they are attacked by a dinosaur. Again, you don't see it uh, very much, but yeah, he, he massacres them good. Um, yeah, and uh, my favorite part at the end of the the scene. Um, well, first, all right, here you definitely get a visual metaphor. Uh, after he, as he's massacring uh, these kids, again you get the blood splatter, 
and it um, splatters on their bumper sticker, which says, like, give peace a chance or something like that. Uh, yeah, or, like, peace will prevail yeah, or something that, like that. Yeah, like, that, yes. Like, that was, I really liked that a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then. By the way, uh, th- th- this whole scene with them in that um, in that Jeep, mm. it's so ridiculous because they're, like, <laughs> I guess they're just supposed to be, like, kids going out and having fun. Mm-hmm. But their fun is, like, almost getting themselves killed, like, just, like. Like they're driving around and the girl in the back seat keeps like uh, covering the driver's eyes and they're like, ha ha ha, this is hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I mean, I, w- I was a bit of a, of a wild child uh, for a bit there in my teens and never would have done something this stupid. Like it's just dumb. Right. Well, like kids aren't this stupid. I mean, Jay. hey, you and I never went mudding when we were living in Florida. Well, you still That's live true. there. So what do we know? Um, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> well, next time you come down to visit, we'll cover my eyes we'll get in my <laughs> jeep that i don't own and we'll we'll go driving around some jagged rocks and uh, reckless nice stuff. it's a date partner uh all right so now we're back in the um aarp boardroom which i guess that's what it was this whole time the the aforementioned uh sort of evil looking uh, boardroom i guess that's what it actually looks like the aarp boardroom yeah, uh, I guess so. <laughs> uh, once again, a scientist, uh, he gives the head bald guy. I meant to go look up his name, but whatever. He's just baldy to me. He gives them the picture of an attacked dead guy and says there's chicken DNA in the um, in the saliva. Um, so now they're, you know, basically planting the seeds that, you know, these attacks are related to uh, Dr. Tip Tree and her uh, chicken work. Um, also, right. as the movie was uh, um, going forward, there's always like shots of people like eating chicken. Like, um, there's a well, we haven't even gotten to it. The diner scene, <laughs> Clint Howard is always eating chicken. It seems like, but uh, anyway, so uh, we're back with Thrush again, not Brush. Uh, she wanders around mm-hmm. in the dark until she finds um, Doc in a van. So basically, yeah, basically what happened. When they were walking around and she was uh they had their little argument about caring about the environment and not she just got mad and stormed off which uh really kind of wasn't clear <laughs> in, when that scene ended right but uh but now it's dark and so doc sort of drives up to her and is like uh you know need a ride you know that sort of thing uh and then she gets in they see the body of a uh um mexican guy who was attacked and uh, then the exterminator guys, they then, all right, cut to the exterminator guys from before. They're still looking for the dino- escaped dinosaur, and then they find it. <laughs> and boy, do they find it, and they get ripped apart by this dinosaur Muppet, and it's awesome. Like, what did you, uh, yeah, what did you yeah, think it's... about their uh, evisceration by Muppet? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Uh, just... <laughs> ridiculous uh you know it's, it's what you want in this kind of film right like some ridiculous over the top uh kills with uh, a shitty uh dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> it's cute it's almost cute i'm like oh yeah, it's kind of cute yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now we're back in a aarp boardroom uh bald guy gives some old guys <laughs> this was weird genetically augmented blueberry pie and like th- this is funny they're eating it and they're liking it and then he explains how he made it um he says it's made from like goat placenta or something like that and then they they, okay. they freak out and like spit it out yeah. and stuff and just then 
uh, doctor, what happens? Uh, his assistant uh, shows up and tells him there's a problem uh, with Dr. Jane. And um, he's like, shh, you got to keep this quiet so like the big wigs don't hear about it. And those guys eating the pie, they're the big wigs. And they're like, what's going on? Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, oh, nothing to worry about. Uh, we know, have some more pie, basically. But, you know, they're not, they don't right. want to eat any more of their goat placenta blueberry pie. Um, I, I, we did have in the chat, you know, good point by Smoke Monster here. Carnosaur could have been a sweet video game IP. Cheap dinosaurs, buckets of blood would have worked for me. And I totally agree. It would actually even now make like a great little, like, um, maybe not a, I, I don't think there's enough here for like a big triple A you know, 60 hour game or anything like that. But, you know, like a fun little switch, you know, 999 game. That's like a 10, 15 hour experience or something. Oh, I agree with that 100%. I think there's uh, <laughs> definitely more to farm in the Carnosaur world, uh, which is why I'm glad we're talking about it. Uh, but I've, I think I've said too much anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, so Jess, the guy whose daughter was eviscerated uh, previously by the <laughs> puppet, I had me in uh, by Carnosaur, um, cries to Dr. Tiptree and says that, um, you know, they brought his um, daughter. And, th and then Dr. Tiptree says, oh, but we brought her to the lab. She'll be okay. Uh, and I think this will be a good point to jump in and say uh, and ask, like, what do you think about uh, Diane Ladd's uh, performance thus far? Um, I actually thought she was pretty good. Um you can you can tell that she's the best actor here uh, in the whole production, but no one really like does like a terrible job. And I will say the guy that's there um, with her mm -hmm. that comes in, uh, you know, with Jess, the gun and stuff. Yeah. I yeah, I think like he uh, you know held his own too. So yeah, uh, I think uh, everyone tries, and yeah, Diane Ladd. She is great. I'm like, wow, she really is evil. Like, she really believes in her work. And that's what you want in a mad scientist. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she, she, she's, she's the kind of villain that I like where their motivations, like, aren't I'm being evil for mm -hmm. the sake of being evil. They have, like, motivations that you can almost kind of see, like, oh, I can kind of see where she's coming from. Right. What you're doing is still terrible and evil, and you shouldn't do it, but... Yeah, those to me make the best kind of And things. Yes, and more on that later. Uh, so <laughs> she goes, yes, yes, your daughter is fine. Uh, yes, just go over there and uh, you can see her. So he starts walking through her lab. And man, I love this like weird room that he goes into. Um, it's basically where a fully grown carnosaur is being taken care of. Uh, or being hidden in the back of uh, Dr. Jane's lab, there's like, um, and she can somehow communicate with it. And so right, she speaks right. into a microphone, um, you know, uh, I, I forgot her actual commands, but it almost sounds like some sort of binary code or something. And that's the cue to the, kind, the, to, to the carnosaur to feed on this guy. And he tries to run away, but there's lasers. Oh, and they're so awesome. Yeah. I love those lasers. Yeah. He burns his hand, falls down. Then Carnosaur gets himself a nice little snack there, or I guess main Carnosaur, uh, since there's like uh, a couple of them. But uh, anyway, we are back at the docks uh, excavation site. Uh, he, could, he sees more of a thrush's uh, hippie friends uh, who are sitting around in the construction equipment. 
Um, he like tells them to leave, but of course they, they don't want to. And then Doc uh, goes to um, Jane's diner where Clint Howard is, uh, this is where he's eating the chicken and uh, he's like <laughs> telling the story of um, something. They're, they're talking about some weird mess. I guess all the people who are dying, they're talking about Yeah, it. they're all sharing kind of like uh, gross stories or like stories where like somebody gets killed mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And this is when, uh, and the guy is like, uh, you know, can you take it easy? My wife here is pregnant. And like at first you think, why do we care if she's pregnant or not? But it plays into the plot of Carnosaur. Yeah, because I thought it was weird too. Because yeah, yeah, he, he's like, can you guys uh, stop talking about this kind of stuff? And it's funny. He says it's making my wife upset. The wife didn't say or do anything, by the <laughs> oh. way. He just assumed that she was upset. I think it's making him upset. Yeah. Well, but, you uh, know, <laughs> he was using his wife as a as a smokescreen because he's such a chauvinist yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he's the coward. But, uh, yeah, but like you said, I mean, it's 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 something playing into into the plot. Right, right. Uh, so anyway. Of course, uh, Clint Howard persists, and they just get mad and uh, and leave. And um, so here we go. Uh, so let's see. So back at Doc's, Carnosaur um, walks up to the hippies. <laughs> he just <laughs> this is. I mean, all right. As you said, this is pretty competently made. But Carnosaur just sort of walks up. He just saunters up to these hippies who are sitting on a bulldozer, and the hippie. And this is the way. <laughs> I mean, this is funny, but really stupid at the same time. The hippie turns over and he he turns his head to Carnosaur and he goes, "Greetings, Green Butt Brother!" And Carnosaur immediately devours them. And uh, I mean, it was awesome though, just watching him eviscerate the hippies. I mean, what did you think of of that scene? Oh, uh, I can't hear you, buddy. I agree. It was uh, pretty funny. Uh, you really kind of got to watch it to uh, to appreciate that scene. But yeah, it, it, it was it was pretty pretty well done. Uh, funny enough, Smoke Monster said that uh, if we all pitch in, we can probably buy the IP for all three movies. So uh, yeah, indeed, there were three Carnosaur movies. So um, I guess it must have sold uh, well enough, right? Um, yeah, it must have. But, uh, I mean, you... oh, and Stadium Arts is here. Welcome, Try. What's Thanks up? for joining. And it's never too late to enjoy. Uh, some <laughs> fine Roger not Foreman Jurassic yeah. Park grade <laughs> dinosaurs. He's right. He's right. Um, so uh, moving on here, um, Doc shows up and shoots Carnosaur. He shoots at Carnosaur, but of course, uh, Carnosaur just runs away. I guess. Uh, yeah, and this is Doc Smith, the security guy. That, right. Uh, right. Yeah. I should start calling not him the, that. Not to be confused with the doctor. Right. Uh, so Doc finds uh, Thresh, and she's okay. Uh, cut to uh, Dr. Raven. He's basically the, the coroner of the area to help keep all these doctors straight. He tells uh, the sheriff that all the deaths were killed the same way, but they're getting worse. The, the bite marks are deeper. And Doc says that basically it means that whatever's doing um, the killing, it's growing fast. So Thresh mm -hmm. wakes up at Doc's. She looks at his art book, um, and, I, and I think that's actually a, um, a nice little, um, it sort of shows that Doc probably was like an idealist. He probably was a hippie, just like uh, the ones that he's fighting, but, you know, the world crushed right. his spirit, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, that sneaky old Carnosaur, he uh, shows up again, and um, 
Then uh, Doc investigates the death of the guys looking for Carnosaur, those two um, delivery men that I, or, that I spoke of earlier. He then disguises himself as one of, the, um, of those guys, and he then shows up at Dr. Tiptree's lab. He says that he's got like one of the corpses that, or no, no, he, uh, he says that he's got Carnosaur basically that uh you know that he was one of those delivery guys and he's got he finally caught him right and um and which there definitely needs to be some uh suspension of disbelief here because um oh you think in this movie? <laughs> i mean at least i mean <laughs> as we've said the script is and the plotting is pretty competent but here it's just like how did doc know to dis- i'm sure he wanted to get to the bottom of this but how did he know that they were looking for a carnosaur? That they even wanted the the body brought back? Yeah, it, it feels like there's a scene missing or something. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, Maybe the carnosaur ate the scene. Steve. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's quite hungry. I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, so yeah, I mean, basically, this whole thing is done so he can get access to Doctor uh, Tiptree, and he pulls a gun on her. Um, Doctor Jane uh, tells uh, Doc Doc Smith that um, he's got a fever just like everyone else that she designed. Um, you know, maybe it was COVID. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, trying to say Carnosaur is very poignant these days. Uh, so yeah. cut to the sheriff and his wife. Uh, they talk about how they also um, have the fever. But they've been keeping it secret from him because they didn't want him to, to worry. Um, he tells his wife to rest, and he begins uh, making breakfast. He cracks an egg open, but he doesn't get any, you know, run-of-the-mill chicken egg. He, no, no, no. He gets green slime straight from 90s Nickelodeon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's like really dark yeah, green, yeah. too. It looked pretty gross. Oh, absolutely. It did a good job with um, that. And as well as... And, and, it, and it has like it was like a little chunkiness to it, too. Yeah, and he keeps, uh, I guess, breaking the eggs in hopes of getting a good one. And then a baby dino cuts, um, comes out. You know, really small, like hardly even uh, developed. It reminded me of uh, bloat, which is a uh, Filipino delicacy. Uh, you ever have bloat, you hell? Uh, no, I can't <laughs> say that I've ever had bloat. Uh, I will say the little baby dinosaur uh, looked good. Yeah, um, yep. when they can do the small stuff, uh, they pull it off pretty okay, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, um, I would say so. So, Like the design of the puppets, uh, I was saying this while you were um, uh, away <laughs> yes. earlier. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the design of the puppets are, is good. Mm-hmm. Like the puppets look pretty detailed and stuff. The problem is once they start moving right. it like instantly, like, Ooh, this is a puppet. Yes. But if it's just a still of them, fine. Right. Right. I agree. Um, so cut to uh, Clint Howard, uh, once again, eating chicken and he's in the chicken coop, like, you know, the big industrial, uh, chicken warehouse with the cages and stuff in it. He's in there eating chicken, which had to have been a disgusting thing scene to film uh mm-hmm. and uh he's walking by and he very uh, beautifully gets his head eaten off by carnosaur just out of nowhere carnosaur it's one of the smaller ones and he is i guess hanging from a pipe or something you know they don't really show it and he just yeah. scoops down bites his head off a great way to to die if you're gonna die in one of these movies um yeah yeah I, I'm kind of I'm I'm a little surprised that they didn't give Clint Howard a different part, uh, a little like more a bigger part. Yeah, 
But um, I, I guess there really isn't anything else, right? Because he would either have been the love interest guy, right. and well, he's not gonna, <laughs> he's not Mister Mister Handsome. Uh, he's know. not. Oh. No, no, he's not. Oh, I guess he could have been the guy with the doctor, though. Um, the guy that like goes to the doctor's lab with the gun. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, um, we'll get. Oh wait, is that the same guy? Wait. Right. Is it the same guy as Doc? Oh man, I'm I'm getting myself confused. Yeah, we'll just Doc uh, Smith is stick to our notes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just keep going. Just keep going. Uh, so um, now we're back at Doctor Jane's, and Doc Smith asks Doctor Jane what what she's up to. Doctor Jane's assistant calls and asks to go home early because she's sick. And Dr. Jane says, sure, but come here first so I can check you out. Like, I really like, I mean, her performance really is good. I heard the cadence of her voice. It's like, it sounds Mm -hmm. like she cares, but also there's something sinister behind it. Like, she just really pulls it off. Um, Yeah, she's So now we're back with uh, Dr. Raven and uh, the the sheriff. They investigate the little dino that came out of the, the egg earlier. And uh, then Dr. Raven attends to all of his sick patients. That's when they're, you know, now they've really, you know, driven home the fact that there's like a big, uh, you know, outbreak of, um, of Dr. Jane's, um, you know, virus. And so uh, now we're back with Dr. Jane again. She's checking out her assistant. She says, uh, and she says like right on time, like her whole plan is just working out perfect. And he, she makes her assistant lie down. She tells her assistant that her DNA is being rewritten, and uh, then she gives, uh, and then she proceeds. The assistant proceeds to give birth to a dino egg, which the, the yeah. And the first time you see this, uh, man, it is something else. Yeah. Well, she gives birth to like an actual dinosaur, right? Not the egg. Um. Ah, oh, shoot. Because uh, because later on, when the doctor gives birth, well, see, uh, the the doctor she does a C-section on herself, so the. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's an egg here, but then it's different for for Dr. Jane, if I'm not mistaken, because I, yeah, I thought yeah. that was weird. I didn't understand. So, yeah, and, and I didn't really... So this is like one thing, and maybe you can explain to me that I didn't really get about this movie, but again, it's a, it's a movie about these fucking Cardasaur. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you can't take anything too seriously or get too concerned about anything, but why have both dinosaurs that, like, just hatch out of eggs? Because she's already made those. Mm-hmm without the need to like have a woman birth it, whether the woman's giving birth to the live dinosaur or an egg. But then she's also has this thing where she's like impregnating women uh, with dinosaurs as a result of this fire. So like, why do both? Uh, she explains later. Um, I mean, cause basically the scene with her and doc Smith is basically her monologuing her entire plan or explaining the plan to the viewer. Uh, and she explains that, she needs the human DNA and the dino DNA to combine and basically in order to make a more perfect species in the future. So, but, but, but she's already like created dinosaurs without it. Those weren't good enough though. She, uh, she says, yeah, she needs the, I can't remember why she needs the human DNA mixed in there as well. It's like, to, to make a better okay. species in the future. All right. yeah. Well, we've already given it more thought than I think they probably <laughs> no, did. No. So we, 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 I think uh, the, I'm sure the guy who wrote um, the Carnosaur novel, he put a lot of thought into it and then got edged <laughs> out by, um, by Roger Corman and his wife. 
Uh, so yeah, so she gives birth. That is uh, interesting choice of words. There. But it's what happened. So you're saying that Roger Corda and his wife were edging this guy? Uh, Wait, what does edging mean? Oh, you don't know what edging means? No. <laughs> Steve, edging is when a man, whether a man does it to himself or somebody does it to him, takes up close to the point of climax of <laughs> orgasming, but then stops. Gets him to the edge. Oh, man. It's called edging. You've been hanging out at the castle way too much. Uh, Anyways, I <laughs> uh, can't wait to see this clip up on TikTok. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Tw- Stadium Arts wrote, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I feel quick. like we've entered into a new dimension of this uh, podcast. Steve, uh, this has been quite the episode. You've learned all about Boss Babe. You've learned about edging. I mean, just this is a big day for all you. All I do is like sit around and edit TikTok videos now, which is why I don't know any of this hip, cool lingo. So uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. So uh, Doc follows Dr. Jane uh, into a vault where we see even more dinosaur eggs everywhere. Um, Dr. Jane says that she made the eggs. Um, and then now we're back with Baldy and the AARP goons from the government. Um, and he says he didn't know anything about Dr. Jane's experience or experiments. Sorry. Uh, a dude then gives a ride to, uh, all right, cut to, and this is like just a random scene out of nowhere, uh, outside, uh, a man gives a ride to a pregnant woman. Uh, and now I guess, uh, at this point, uh, they mentioned it in the previous scene at the AARP that, um, it's like getting to a pandemic level, uh, pardon the term, <laughs> Uh, sorry if you're triggered. Um, and so they've started to basically lock down uh, the country uh, and put up um, like quarantine zones, you know, guys in those uh, sort of like toxic. Um, yeah, like hazmat yes, suits. Yes, that's it. Hazmat suits. So and this guy pulls up and he's like, oh, thank God uh, she's uh, she's pregnant. Like, you know, you, you got to, you know, give us an escort to the hospital or whatever. And um, the guys, you know, in typical military, you know, fascist style, they're like, you know, get out of the car, like get down. They take mm-hmm. the woman away, uh, presumably to uh, to Dr. Jane's, and then they they get the guy out and they proceed to just gun him down, like he's just surrounded by all these guys, and they just they just blow him away. Um, yeah. And so uh, now uh, cut to, um, we're back with Dr. Jane again. She says the dinos were meant to rule the earth and the humans were just ants. Uh, Dr. uh, Dr. says, uh, Dr. Jane says it would make a good, no, no, I'm sorry. God, see too many doctors. Doc Smith. (laughs) There are too many doctors. Doc Smith quips and says it would make a good theme park. Ah, get it? Uh, Reference? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get yeah, it. there you go. You know, you know. So uh, meanwhile, uh, back with Baldy and the government, um, the pregnant woman gives birth to a dino egg. And, uh, you know, this is when they start, you know, getting an idea of what's going on with uh, Dr. Jane's plan. Um, and now we're back again with Dr. Jane and Doc Smith. She says humanity is a disaster and must be stopped. Uh, she then explains how uh, when she was working for the military, she was, you know, uh, commanded to do all these horrible things, which is why she wants to basically wipe them out and let the dinosaurs take over the earth again. Only, uh, you know, combined with human DNA to evolve to a greater uh, species. Uh, n- right. Now we're back uh, with uh, the sheriff 
and he goes dino hunting and this this is a pretty awesome scene uh he kills a carnosaur not a fully grown one uh with a shotgun but not before getting a claw through the gut um and uh i don't know words don't really do the scene justice uh i thought it was a uh, pretty cool what did you think about it yeah 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 i i, I like the scene a lot mm -hmm. uh i thought like this character was gonna make it to the end yeah me too but, uh, yeah because because you know we spent some time there's he, he gets like a few scenes we even like see him like talking with his wife right. and he's like really loving to her and all this stuff so you know it, it's it's uh i wish he would have stuck around a little bit longer but i'm glad that this movie does kill like characters that they take the time to establish who they are so that you as the viewer at least care about them when they do perish. Right. And uh, yeah, it helps to uh, keep you on your toes because, uh, yeah, I mean, if this were to be your typical Hollywood movie, you're like, oh, surely they're not going to kill the family, man. Oh, nope, they did. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, and basically that, that is the end of the sheriff's arc, if he even had one. Yeah. Uh, so now we're back with uh, Baldy and the government stooges. Uh, they say they, um, they may lose the human species, but, uh, but they've been working on artificial wounds um, to... Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is great. This feels like Dr. Strangelove to me because, like, you can sort of see it in the, the glint uh, in their eyes. They're like... Now we can like take over completely and just you know make uh, the human you know the human race uh, just bend them to our will. Um, right, and, and in a way, this scene justifies the doctor that's created these um, Doctor Tiptree that's creating these dinosaurs and wants to get rid of humanity. In a way, it kind of justifies her actions, right? Because like you know, uh, uh, there these people in the um, the government and the military specifically they're looking at this as an opportunity mm -hmm. to like basically overreach their power and you know get to their own whatever they want to do rather than like okay how are we going to solve this for humanity so yeah maybe maybe she's right classic 90s like anti-government message uh, mixed with environmental politics oh it all works uh if you ask me and uh yeah you're absolutely right uh totally justifies her and so now we're back with Dr. Jane. Um, she tells, um, she first tells Doc Smith that it's too late to stop the virus. He starts smashing dinosaur eggs or shooting them um, and asks uh, Doc for a serum. There has to be one. He like spouts some scientific reason on why there has to be one. And uh, sure enough, um, she caves and uh, tells him where the serum is. Uh, but somehow he ends up in that weird laser carnosaur room. Uh, yeah. And Dr. Jane unleashes the carnosaur. At the, the moment we've all been waiting for. The big one. Right. <laughs> <And> man, is <laughs> it hilarious watching it move. Uh, and then, yeah. while this is going on, she then prepares herself to give birth uh, to a dinosaur, which... I mean, it's pretty amazing, I guess, as a uh, it just shows how much she believed in her work and how much she was willing to sacrifice even herself right. like, to give birth to a freaking dinosaur. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the way I understood it, I mean, isn't so I didn't really understand how people were even getting infected, how women were getting infected that hadn't even really been around the dinosaur. Stuff. Oh, it was uh, all in so. the um, the chickens. She um, and their eggs that uh, whenever they consumed the poultry from all those uh, chicken factories, it's like basically it's oh, all worked in there. God, how did I miss it? I, <laughs> it's like a GMO. 
I don't know how I missed that. You know, I I I I was uh, <laughs> making breakfast during a part of this, <laughs> nice. so maybe. So You're like, uh, there, there, there was like 15 minutes where I didn't pay the most attention possible. So maybe that's where they're like uh, showing like the the chicken cages. You're like, that's disgusting. Gom! As you like devour like half a dozen <laughs> As I'm eggs. eggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she tears a hole in her belly and then the little dino pokes out like total ripoff of alien, but it definitely works. Um, then, yeah. And she's super happy about it. She's like smiling yeah, about it the whole time. Really creepy scene, but, uh, totally mm-hmm. well done. Adam Simon Theodore, bravo. Uh, so, uh, Doc goes back to his trailer. Oh yeah. But basically the carnosaur is, uh, chasing Doc. He runs back to his trailer where Thresh is waking up from a weird dream that she talks about. Uh, she too has the fever at this point. Doc tries to call for help on his, he's got like a um, ham radio, um, but of course uh, no one answers. Doc uh, then recalls uh, Thresh mentioning the, the dino highway. That's what they called it before. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Back yeah. then all the dinosaurs used it to, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where they're going to go back in those days, but sure, that's what they used it for. And he thinks that is why the Carnosaur is heading towards them, which is great because I feel like in today's Hollywood blockbusters, the di- he just would have gone there just because. They wouldn't even bother to come up with a, uh, with a reason. Right, right, right. Um, so Carnosaur is heading towards them, uh, and then we're back with the, um, uh, the military guys in the contaminant suits. Um, uh, they're investigating and, um, and then, uh, doc gives a uh, thresh, uh, the serum, um, the military guys execute all of, um, oh yeah, they're, yeah, basically the military guys, they show up at Dr. Raven's, um, and they just show up and they mow down all of Dr. Raven's patients and including him. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, then, uh, at the same time, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, at the same time, Carnosaur is closing in on Doc and Thresh. Doc gets into, again, I don't know all of my construction equipment. He gets into either a, a power shovel or an excavator or something like that. And he fights Carnosaur again, very similar to Aliens. Um, although mm. filmed with like zero wide shots. But, uh, but you know what's going on here. Uh, Carnosaur knocks him over. Uh, Thresh then uh, intervenes. Um, with like a different piece of construction equipment, um, yeah, with a different power shovel, uh, she faints, uh, doc like comes and basically pushes her to the back, takes over her construction equipment. And, um, and then doc proceeds to cut the carnosaur's belly open with the power shovel, thus killing the carnosaur. Oh, so sad. And yeah, I already mentioned it, but I wrote down here, uh, Jesus, how about a wide shot? I mean, they had, they built a full, you know, mechanized dinosaur. I mean, of course they said, you know, it looked crap, looked like crap, so they hardly used it, but like they could have given us just half a second wide shot. I don't know, what do you think? Can't hear you, buddy. Totally agree. Uh, I think what he was using was um, a, it's either a backhoe or an excavator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't really make see which of the two it is, but uh, anyways, yeah, I totally agree, man. Like, I, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't, and especially if you do the wide shot, you know, 
back enough, maybe add some fog, some whatever. You, you, you can cover it up for a few seconds that it's not a great looking. I mean, they didn't seem to care in other scenes that the dinosaur <laughs> didn't look good. So like, what the fuck? I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's a, um, that is a hallmark of low budget filmmaking. Um, if you spend your days on Tubi like uh, Hell and I do, you'll see like <laughs> horror movies and other stuff, especially in action movies where they're just like, wide shot, who's ever heard of such a thing? Um, but, uh, yeah, you can decide yourself if it's <laughs> worth your time at that point. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, Carnosaur dies and I, I don't know, I felt a little sad about it. I don't know why, but, uh, so Doc Smith hears the military chatter on his ham radio. He answers it, you know, again, thinking he's going to get help. The military guys show up and they blow him away just like they, uh, did the other guy who was given a ride to the, um, pregnant lady. Uh, they yeah. uh, and he was so happy to see them too. He thought like, "Oh, here comes the cavalry." Right. I believe is what he says. So basically, what uh, Al- Alvin Simon Theodore is saying here is never trust the government. However, um, I don't know if uh, they did this on purpose so they could have sequels or whatever. So all right, the guys they um, so Thresh is laying on the bed. She's um, you know infected, half sick, or maybe still fainted. She's still fainted. They come in. Uh, the dudes with the guns and um, what's his name? Doc Smith. He throws himself in front of the hail of gunfire, stopping the bullets from, uh, in theory, stopping them from getting to Thresh. So, and they never show if the bullets actually got to her or not. I don't know. Did you happen to notice if she got uh, killed or not? Well, I don't think it matters if she got shot or not, because then they, with a flamethrower, they lit the entire place <laughs> on fire, Steve, and she was consumed by the flames. So She could have walked out the back door, maybe? I mean, I, what I'm leading to here is, as I'm really curious to see how they did a, two Carnosaur sequels when the, the world is basically over at this point. Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean... I, I'm sure I haven't watched those other Carnosaur movies, so I don't know. But I mean, I'm sure there's ways around it. I mean, whatever. With just geniuses make like something up. Alvin Simon Theodore and Roger Corman at the helm, I'm sure they came up with something. Exactly. Um, but we we have to mention the last great uh, visual metaphor, uh, and they they teased it at the beginning of the film. There is a poster of Alfred E. Newman from uh, Mad uh, from Mad Magazine. And, you know, saying his classic line, uh, what me worry. And uh, the last uh, frame of uh, Carnosaur is that uh, burning up. So yeah, is that do you think that is the filmmaker's way of saying that uh, indifference equals death? Or if you just sit by and let the government I, do whatever it wants, like you're doomed. Is that is that what it's saying? I was I, dude. I mean, they're very obviously trying to make some kind of message mm. uh but i was like what 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 am i supposed to glean from this <laughs> i i <laughs> i was a little confused i don't know maybe maybe i'm just not smart enough to get the uh understand the highbrow uh and subtle messages being delivered here by roger corman uh but uh you know it's it's, it's like corman he edged me he edged me again <laughs> you know I, I, I was oh. like, I was almost there, but then I, but then I, I was like, oh wait, I don't know what this means. Wow, uh, I know it means something. <laughs> <laughs> you were busy eating eggs, you sellout, you government sellout. Oh, no, I was, I was paying attention uh, by by this point. Oh, okay, was, well uh, that's good to know. Uh, oh, and another thing I thought was interesting, 
And I, I'm just curious. I mean, and this is like real, this is truly obscure. When was the first time you ever saw backwards credits in a movie? Dude, I was thinking that too. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. I, I thought the only movie that had it, at least for the longest time, was Seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't so stick to watch the credits. They're backwards but... and seven. Yeah, and, and by backwards, backwards credits. Here, yeah. And by backwards credit, what Steve means, instead of it rolling from the bottom up, uh, the credits scroll from the top down. Yeah. yeah, and it's weird, right? It's such a little thing, but man, it was really like it just goes to show how accustomed the human brain gets to seeing something a certain way. Because it's it's such a small change, but man, it was jarring. Well, what do you think they were trying to say with that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, Yell's brain is. I didn't think. I, I didn't think this movie was gonna make me think. <laughs> All right, that was a joke one. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so are you ready to render your verdict on this thing? I am. Let's do All it. All right. All right, Agent Edging Velasquez. Does Carnosaur deserve to be tossed into the black tar pit of obscurity? I forgot to mention that this is part of Dino Month, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you check out our reviews on Dino Riders, Dino Saucers, and Cadillacs and Dinosaurs in order to fully immerse yourself into Dino Month. And, of course, to check out the Kickstarter for um, Escape to Earth. I almost forgot the title to my own comic book. Uh, but uh, yeah, does it deserve to be tossed in the black tar pit of obscurity or does it deserve to be remembered for not only all of humankind, but for whatever comes next for all of reptilian time? For all of, uh, yeah, I was going to say all of dino yeah. kind. Uh, yeah, I think it deserves to be remembered. Uh, it's fun. Uh, the special effects are not good, mm -hmm. but like in a fun way. Occasionally, you'll get like a you know a nice looking puppet though, like we like we mentioned, and uh, the acting's pretty solid, man. Uh, the story's pretty good, like it's competently shot. So yeah, and it's short; it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, it's under ninety minutes; it's an hour and twenty something minutes, and that includes the credits. So I say keep it. What say you, uh, Lord Stephen? I like the sound of that. Uh, yes, I agree pretty much with all of that. Uh, definitely keep it. It is a singular experience. It's like. I feel like it's the smartest Roger Corman movie they ever made. Um, mm. And again, I guess that must have to do with you know, the original draft or original script that was done by you know, an actual uh, author like of novels and stuff. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. they you know, add that with like your sort of classic Roger Corman uh, monster movie uh, tropes, and you really get something special. Uh, special effects are great and bad in, in like the best possible way. The acting is awesome. I mean, a great, I wish I could have seen this on the big screen. And I was reading right? that at this time, there's like no Blu-ray release. I think the last time it came out in physical media was, um, uh, was a DVD. Uh, there's a laser disc going around, man. I one of these days I'm gonna start a laser disc collection. You wait. Um, I wonder if this came out on the uh, the CDI. Uh, <laughs> they, they, no, there were there were like hundreds of movies released for the CDI. Wait, did they have their own movie format? So uh, the CDI can play video CDs. Oh, VCDs. Uh, but, uh, oh, okay, all right, gotcha. But but that's not the format for the movies. Uh, the movies uh, actually maybe it can't play video CDs. It might be like their own 
thing. But yeah, there were a ton, hundreds of movies released for the uh, Philips CDI. That's everything you need, baby. It's a game console. <laughs> it's your home multimedia entertainment. You can uh, fucking uh, you can fuck it. Encycl- there's an encyclopedia <laughs> for it. Yeah, you can fuck it. <laughs> and you know what? Unlike that Ro- Roger Corman and his wife, it won't leave you edged. <laughs> You beat, me, you beat me to it. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of, there seems to be a lot of beating. <laughs> All right. Here comes the remembered bumper. Here we go. In accordance to Obscure to Now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. As we were uh, talking, Steve, uh, funny enough, in the chat, Stadium Arts, aka Strike, but you wrote, you can edge with it in reference to the CDI. <laughs> See, everyone's on the same page here. Yep, we're, uh, we're all a bunch of deviants, uh, and I love it. It's our, our Obscurians. We're, all, we're just all a bunch of deviants. Obscurians. Obscurians. Well, well, I'm glad this turned out the way it did. I had a feeling when I was watching it, I was like, I think you hell's going to like this one. But I thought you were going to like Mantis, too. But I was way wrong on that one. Um, uh, yes. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that is uh, basically the show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about my comic the whole time. What's, uh, what's going on over at uh, Wrestling With Gaming on YouTube? Uh, nothing. Still working on the same couple of videos. I, my tendonitis has been really, really bad, so I just haven't really been able to work much on them. So that sucks. Oh, but uh, they're coming along. They're coming along, Steve. Good. Yeah, I'm sure the whole world is uh, is waiting. And what are they on again? Or have you revealed that? Uh, they're they're both going to be Game Boy themed oh. videos. One is going to be uh, I'm redoing my old Game Boy camera video with some new information mm-hmm. and. Uh, obviously, I'll be doing a lot of fancy 3D stuff now with it. And um, then the other one is going to be uh, just on the history of the Game Boy itself. You know, how it was created, blah, blah, blah. All the, the usual stuff whenever I cover a console. Nice, nice, nice. Can't wait for that. Uh, well, uh, that's everything. Uh, we will be back uh, next Sunday with something. We're going to have to talk about that uh, off air. And uh, stay tuned for the other Escape to Earth uh, promo slash commercial because, again, this is the last time that a commercial for that comic will ever be played. And uh, we will see you next Sunday. Uh, I'm done. I'm so done with mainstream comics. Like, they gotta be out of ideas at this point. We, we got 150 members of the Bat family. Somehow Wolverine had like nine kids that nobody ever talked about. Just give me comics like they used to be. I, I never want to see another mainstream comic again. I just, Tim. Uh, Tim, Tim, what are you doing, man? Well, I, I'm going to gouge out my eyes so I never have to see crap like this again. You don't have to do that. There's another way. Another way? Here, try this. Oh. Escape to Earth. I can tell you this much. The cover looks great. The artwork actually looks like it's done by a professional and not some child off of Tumblr. Action-packed, robots, dinosaurs, one of my favorite things from the 90s, attractive people doing action, looks like sci-fi. This is 
This is an actual comic book, something I would actually be interested in. Where does something like this come from? It was independently produced by myself and several other creators from all over the globe for the sheer love of making comics and to tell a great story. Now that's diversity I can get behind. The only problem I have is there's only, there's only eight pages of this. I need more, where can I get more? That's just a preview copy. The finished copy will be 32 pages long and is currently being crowdfunded on Kickstarter and is available in digital and print. Kickstarter, you say? So wait, I could help make this book possible? Absolutely, and you won't have to wait long. Estimated delivery date, August. August? I don't know. I don't think I can wait that long. I need it now! Well, Tim, I... Contribute now to the Escape to Earth Kickstarter and reserve your copy today. But hurry, the campaign ends May 31st, 2022. Act, Act now. now! Hurry before I do it. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.